Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Brigitte von Turrell. She is a writer and master coach for women entrepreneurs and in the past two decades has helped thousands of women get clear on their true dream and make it real. Her clients have launched businesses globally, published their first books, doubled their incomes, and realized their most important goals and desires. She is the author of five books, amongst them, Unmute Your Life, Break Free from Fear and Go for What You Really Want, and The Art of Divine Selfishness. Transform your life, your business, and the world by putting you first. And I am so delighted to welcome you today, Brigitte, all the way from the Netherlands to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Angel. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I would love to start our time together, Brigitte, by asking you about this whole idea of divine selfishness. I know for many of us, we were raised to believe that taking care of ourselves was not in service if we hadn't already taken care of everybody else first. So I'd love to have you give us just a little bit of your own story around, you know, were you always divinely selfish or was this something that you had to discover for yourself? Oh, it's definitely something that I had to learn for myself. And the reason I had to learn is because I'm extremely introverted, which does not mean that I'm shy, but it means that I need a lot of alone time. And so, you know, growing up, going to school during the week, and then on weekends, there were, you know, family outings or obligations or things. And that just didn't leave me a lot of time for me. And in addition to that, I was very strong-willed ever since I was born. I was that since the day I was born. And I had this incredible urge to be free and to do my own thing. And all these things combined, the needing a lot of alone time, the wanting to do my own thing, the wanting to be free, free of obligations and everything, that made it absolutely necessary for me to learn to become divinely selfish, to learn to say no, and to learn to do my own thing, even when others expected me to do something different. And it wasn't something that people appreciated when I was a kid. And I was told that I wasn't social enough, and that I shouldn't be so selfish, and that I was ruining the atmosphere for everyone when everyone wanted to be together. And I was the only one who said, yeah, no, 
I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to read a book. And so it was not something that was appreciated. And then only later on, I think when I was in my 20s or something, and when I, you know, started to attract more friendships based on who I truly was, it was the first time that my friends told me, you know, it's so refreshing and inspiring that you just say no, and you just do your own thing, and you have boundaries, because you inspire me to do the same. But still, when I started my business, because now I you know, the art of divine selfishness. I have a book called that. And it used to be the tagline of my business for four or so years. So now it's something that I'm proud of, that I'm completely own and embrace. But that was quite the journey because even though I was good at it, I was good at putting myself first and taking care of myself first, even if when that disappoints others. To really own it in my business, that was something that wasn't easy for me. I really had to feel into that and own it in myself at a deeper level than I already was before I could express it and just be proud of it. You know, yeah, that's me. I'm all about divine selfishness. And that is the essence of what I teach you because I was afraid for a while that, you know, when I would say that out loud, that it might cost me clients, Mm. it might cost me money, Mm. it might cost me everything. And of course, it's never that bad. But in your mind, when you're in that fear, it feels that big. Mm. So that in a nutshell is my story. Yeah, well, so I want to dig a little bit deeper here because as mm-hmm. you were as you were talking about how friends and family responded to you. Yeah. Two things really kind of popped in my head. Mm-hmm. One was not only were you unappreciated but in some cases what I kind of heard in the subtext there was that you were shamed for yes. not conforming to the expectations of the crowd. So there, there's that piece. And yeah. then um, the other piece that I heard was even in the face of that, there was some kind of strength that you had within yourself that allowed you to stay committed to your own well-being, even in the face of that shame. So yeah. what I'd love to see if we can unpack here is you know, were there any things that you found for yourself to do to kind of repel or shed the shaming? Let's start with that. That is a really good question. Well, I think part of it has to do with I received mixed messages from my surroundings. Part of the messages I received were, you are not social enough, you should behave in a different way, and you should, you know, conform and you should adjust. That was part of the message. At the same time, the message I received was, always think for yourself, always take responsibility for your own life and your own path, and always take a stand for what you believe in. So I received both of these messages at the same time. Mm. 
And so I think that that helped me to tap into that inner strength because what I believe is that we all, I mean, we are all soul, right? We are all souls having a human experience. And when you tap into that aspect of yourself, there's all the strength and power you need. So each and every one of us has the strength and has the power to be who we are in the face of everything. So I think that that helped me tap into that strength to, I was always feeling that there was more or that there was this part of me where I just knew I was invincible in a way. I think that part of me was stronger than what the shaming did to me, but the shaming did get to me because that's the whole reason why I found it difficult at first to really own the fact that I'm divinely selfish mm. and to use that in my business mm. and to speak out about that. Because why did I fear losing clients and losing money and repelling people? That is because part of me started to believe that that selfish side of me just call it that, was something to be ashamed of. Mm. And I think at a deeper, when we look at it a little bit deeper, I think that this is something that so many people can understand. I think that most of us growing up have received the message, who you are, as you are, is not good enough. You have to adjust. You have to tone certain aspects of yourself down. You have to develop other aspects. You have to let go of certain aspects or keep them hidden. I think that each and every one of us receives that message to a certain degree. And so I believe, and I see that in all of my clients, that most of us receive the message growing up that there is something wrong with us. Mm. And that when we are who we are, exactly as we are, then we will lose something. We will lose love. We will lose being accepted. We will lose being included. And we will lose the ability to make money because in order to make money, you have to play by society's rules. You have to be like everyone else is. You have to do like everyone else does. You have to conform and you have to suffer a little bit. That's what it takes to make money. I think that those are messages that each and every one of us has received. Would you agree? That I, that I totally, I totally agree with yeah. that. I mean, I think there's a lot of cultural conditioning. And I think the piece that I want to underscore for our listeners before we go to the break, which is coming up quickly here, mm -hmm. what I really want our listeners to hear is that you were able to be somewhat shielded from the impact of the shaming because there was also the messaging that you were to be a free thinker, that you were to yes. be self-reliant and responsible for your own well-being, and that you were to be in tune with what you required in order to be responsible for yourself, right? And yes. so what I want our listeners to hear is 
even if you have been getting the shame message your whole life, what I'm hearing from Brigitte right now, and I want you to hear from, from what she's saying, is that there is this strongest part of you, this soul-based part of you that when you tap in to that soul-based part of you, the strength is there to overcome anything. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to find out more about um, Brigitte and how she works with people. And uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the entrepreneurial side of things, especially the money-making side of things. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. We are celebrating. We just won our fourth award, the Davy Awards. We won the silver in the Davy Awards for talk show interview series. And we're really excited about that. And I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We just added another country as well. We're now in 92 countries. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners for sure in the Netherlands, where Brigitte is, as well as let's pick all the ends here, Nepal, New Zealand, and Nigeria. And we will be right back with Brigitte Vondo. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back uh, with Brigitte and you can find out more about her and her business and her books and how she helps women find their true dreams and make it real at yourwayornoway.com. We will have that in the show notes for you, yourwayornoway.com. Before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, shame and strength. And now I want to talk about setting yourself up as an entrepreneur, Brigitte, because you know I think for people, anybody who does have that strength muscle, even slightly exercised, being entrepreneurial is a real liberating place to set yourself up. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about your own entrepreneurial journey first and how you came to terms with being selfish and also successful at the same time. Well, my entrepreneurial journey started a bit rocky. I heard you say on uh, one of your podcast episodes that you 
used to sell uh, Girl Scout cookies and you sold, I don't know how many, but a lot. You really have the entrepreneurial gene somehow. I did not. Absolutely not. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. When I was a kid, you know, when I was like four or five years old, and when I thought about later when I'm grown up, and I thought about, okay, what is I want to do? And I thought, well, there's not really anything I want to do. I just want to be free, completely free to be to do my own thing 24-7. No one who messes with me, no one tells me what to do, you know, and then I realized, well, you know, there's something that you need to do perhaps to make money. And I thought, okay, then I want to be a writer. I want to be like Pippi Longstocking. Do you know her? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to be like Pippi Longstocking and I want to write. That's it. That's all I knew. So fast forward to, you know, finishing school and then I went to university and then that, that was not it. You know, I started, first I studied Chinese and I quit and then I did something else. I even forgot what it was and I quit that as well. And then I had some jobs and it was just a never ending story of never knowing what I wanted to do and always feeling unfulfilled. And so then when I was 30, I started a career coaching project process for myself. I hired a career coach to help me find out what is my purpose? How can I make money in a meaningful way? And as a result of going through that career coaching myself, I realized that what I wanted to do was help others find their sole purpose as well. Because when I looked around me, ever since I was a kid, I saw people just going through the motions, going to their work, doing things they didn't really want to do, but they had to, to make money, to pay the bills, etc. And I was like, no, come on, there's more to life than that. So, okay. So I realized that's what I want to do. I want to help people find their sole purpose. And the only reason I became an entrepreneur was that one, I wanted to be free. And two, there were no jobs that said, hey, can work for us and then you can help people find their sole purpose. So I started my business and even I resisted the term entrepreneur and I resisted the idea that now I was an entrepreneur. So for the first two years of my business, I was like, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. I just do what I love, but I'm not an entrepreneur. No, because I thought those are, you know, I had this really stereotype image that an entrepreneur was a guy, a white guy who smokes cigars, has a mistress, plays golf, and is just a dumbass all around. That was my idea of what an entrepreneur was. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not that. So, yeah. That was not really the right setup for success, <laughs> to say the least, because I resisted everything having to do with, quote, unquote, doing business. But after a couple of years and learning about doing business, I realized that, oh, you know, not only is it possible to be true to yourself in business, I even found that the key to grow your business is to be even more of yourself and to become even more of who you are. Mm 
And that is what I've what I experience myself, and that is what I see in my clients as well. That every time you're about to take a leap into a next level, mm. the answer is always what am I to release now? Where can I become even more of me? Where can I become even more true to myself? And what next level of myself? Well, there's not really a next level of yourself, but what deeper layer of my soul, of my essence wants to be expressed through me, through my business right now? Mm. That... I found is the key to business growth, not, you know, scaling or whatever, all these practical things, they can help mm. for sure. But the key is you. Yeah. And the more you are true to yourself, the more you can, you, your business can grow. And the more you show up as yourself, the easier it becomes to attract your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, I want to underscore a few other things that you said mm-hmm. there, just to, to make sure that our listeners hear that it is possible to make money in a meaningful way. And you don't have to conform or contort yourself in order to make an income, even if you're an introvert. And so, you know, obviously, Brigitte, you are embodying that. The other piece that I really loved there is that and this is the first time anybody has brought this to the table, but it it certainly is something that I myself have experienced. I also help my own clients through is that there is this idea of when you reach a certain point where that next layer of expression wants to come through, what it actually requires is a letting go of or a liberating of something that it's time for it to go. And and as I'm saying this, it's almost like I'm seeing like a flower opening, right? Like that when it's in the Mm -hmm. bud and each of those layers starts to open and then they fall off. And now you have the next layer and the next layer. So in the last few minutes that we have, what I'd love to have you do, Brigitte, is share with us a story about maybe one of the clients that you have helped to be even more of themselves. And if you have any specific, like immediately actionable steps that our listeners can take to let go and liberate so that they can express their next level. Mm. The first thing that comes to mind is not a story of a particular client, but a realization that I see helps all of my clients become more selfish and prioritize themselves. And I would like to share that because I think that is something that can help the listeners as well. And it's the realization. And that's why I call it divine selfishness, because you have the level and the layer of the ego. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the ego, but what the ego wants often comes from fear and scarcity and lack. And when you come from that, and when you make choices based on that, then you, yeah, you're selfish in the way that people look at it, you know, in the way that you hurt others or others are hurt because of something you do or others get less because of something that you do. But I'm talking about being divinely selfish. 
I strongly believe that we are all souls having a human experience here on earth, and each of our souls has a role to play in this beautiful tapestry of life. And when each of us plays the role that we came to play, then all of life benefits. And what you need to do to play the role that you are born to play, to make the contribution that you are born to make, is to be you, to be all of you. And yes, in order to do that, you sometimes have to disappoint others or say no or set boundaries. But in the end, it benefits everyone. And even when you try to please others, you still disappoint people. Mm. You still do. It's not your job to make others happy. And you can't. It's impossible. And those two realizations that it's impossible to make someone else happy. Yes, you can do something for them that brings them temporary joy. But can you make another person happy? No. That's an inside job. So the realization that that is not your job and the realization that when you honor your soul and you put your soul and yourself first, you contribute to the whole and everyone benefits all of life because now you are doing what you're supposed to do, what you're born to do. That is a realization that helps my clients to be able to say, yeah, yeah. I am going to do that. I am going to choose me. And I think something that the people listening now can start with is awareness. Just be honest about where you are not being true to yourself and then be honest about what it costs you. For example, and this is just a tiny example, but let's say that someone invites you to their birthday party and their birthday party is two weeks from now and you already know that you don't want to go, but you don't want to say no, so you say yes. These two weeks, you will think about it all the time. Oh my God, I don't want to go. Why didn't I say no? Oh, well, it's only two hours and then I can go home. But this means that now, because you're scared to say no, You suffer for two weeks, you suffer through the party, you suffer the day after, and maybe even the week after, because there are so many things that you say yes to that you want to say no to, and this is just one of them. Mm. If you are honest about what it costs you, and then you realize that going against what you really want, you always pay the highest price. Take a stand for what you want. Mm. may be scary in the short term, Mm. but it's only scary for a little bit. And then there's liberation. Yeah. Tremendous liberation. But when you go against what you really want, it nags at you forever. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, take a nice deep breath on that, everyone. (laughs) That was big. There was a lot in that last little piece there. So I'm going to actually encourage everyone to re-listen to that last like three or four minutes. I'm going to do that myself and really presence myself to the cost of not saying no. 
really powerful, Brigitte. So thank you so much for being with us today. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.